I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. All right. Welcome to My Millennial Money. John Pigeon here. I'm in the driver's seat. Feel a little bit like Craig Lowndes, and uh, I've got uh, Mark Scaife with me today. <laughs> Howdy, James Millard. How are we, James? Mate, I'm well, thanks, John. So we're talking today about overcoming fear and taking action. It's a bonus episode, but I reckon it is going to be a beauty because uh, speaking off air, we've got some little nuggets of gold that we're going to deliver, haven't we? Fingers crossed, mate. <laughs> Fingers See how we crossed. go. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, let, let's jump into it. Um, I'm going to go straight to you. Tell me, have you had any personal experiences about overcoming fear and, and subsequently taking action? And if so, what are they? Yeah, and I, I think, mate, I could probably go on all day with this because I don't, and it depends which context you're looking at. But personally, I kind of live my personal life on the edge to a point uh, and it's a little bit different now with toddlers and so forth but one of the one of the things I was thinking about when you asked when when Glenn flagged this as a topic was bungee jumping the first time and one of the crazy things about bungee jumping I think compared to something like skydiving is you've got the ground right there totally and there's nothing around you at all except around your ankles and you don't realize that when you're jumping off wow and so that snap second of so, I mean, from fear, a fear perspective, I think when you're talking about overcoming it, yeah, sometimes you don't have a choice. You mm. just have to leap. Uh, and I would say there's, you know, if you flip the context to something more about, uh, you know, where you have a chance to make a decision, to no, no clients, no income, yeah, uh, and a pretty solid mortgage. So we, I mean, our our personal situation from that that step was pretty pretty hectic. I, I resigned. We took out the, you know, a mortgage that was really stretching us at the time based on the income that we had. And then yeah. I resigned with the the overconfidence of being able to build the business up very quickly. Uh, and so there was a whole lot of fear built into that. Massive. Um, the, over the course of the following couple of years, we then went through IVF and had two kids. Mm. Uh, so there was a whole lot of maternity leave. And, mm. and so I, I think those types of things, I mean, might sound crazy to the, to the listener potentially, but they're more considered. Yeah. Yeah, there's some fear in there, but you've got to think through it and then... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you're bungee jumping and you're skydiving, like that's a, a maybe a physical fear where split moment... Well, you've, you've thought about wanting to do it one day and and uh, and then it's a leap of faith once, you, once you're high up there. Um, but you, you're right, there's that other uh, perceived fear, I suppose, of um, leaving a job that you're not happy with or... Or starting a family, or or leaving a relationship, or <laughs> like there's whole whole range of things depending on individuals. So we just wanted to break it down today and just uh, talk about, I suppose, overcoming and and examples of how we overcome them uh, to then take action. Um, so, like 
for me, I think um, the biggest one for me was definitely leaving employment to start my own business. Right now, you touched it on uh, upon it before for you as well, James. But I think that regular pay packet that comes in on a fortnightly basis is is you take for granted, don't you? It's just in the bank account. Regardless of your performance levels, in a lot of cases, it's there, it's reliable, you, you know what's coming in and therefore you can adjust to, to what's going out. But this whole business story is is a complete opposite. You, you don't know, well, you've got a forecast of income, you don't know where your next client's coming from, you don't know how much marketing to do, you don't know what marketing's going to work, you don't know if you're actually good enough to survive in a business world, that there's so many unknowns, isn't Should it? you hire, should you not? Yeah, yeah. Where's my niche in the in that business um, or or that industry, so to speak? So, yeah. Look, absolutely not turning people off running your own business by any means. But I think that the key question, and I made some notes here, which is unusual. Um, I when I help people transition out of employment to business. Um, every time, and I can honestly say every time I've done this with people, I I get the comment, I should have done it sooner, not I regret doing it. Right. Absolutely. Um, yep. and, and we're living proof that that's the case. For sure. So I think if we're, if we're out there listening and we're thinking about doing something and we're hesitating and we've got this perceived fear, right, um, we, we've got to be – having the mindset of it's going to work, it's going to be okay, uh, we're going to be able to put food on the table if, if business ownership is the, is the question. Um, because really what it comes down to is what's the alternative? Yeah, and I think from a fear perspective, whether it's business or making money decisions, so to speak, investment decisions, mm. buying your first property, buying you know those types of things, it's that it's that idea of firstly, I think you've got to put the thing into context. Yeah, you've got to think about well, why are you doing it in the first place, right? Mm. There's obviously the right reasons. If you're leaving employment, you're not happy there, or you've got the yes. dream and you've got some ideas. Well, those are the motivators to to get you through that. Hopefully, yeah. um, most of the time there'll be something on the other side mm. that will get you there. I mean, for something like bungee jumping or canyoning or you know what whatever that might be, it's it, it might be just getting over that hurdle and proving it to yourself yeah. or your mates. <laughs> yeah. But because when you use that example, like nothing about its logic, right? <laughs> it's just simply the adrenaline rush and the, and the thrill that I get as a result of doing it, mm. right? The downside isn't that flash. No, the downside is not flash at all, mate. <laughs> the, the upside is I get this adrenaline rush and this thrill of, yeah. of doing this and maybe I overcome a fear that – uh, I, I told myself I couldn't do it and now I can sort of thing. So it's given me maybe more resilience. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I take my hat off to you for, for doing that. <laughs> uh, but this this FEAR acronym, yeah. right? I, I don't know if you've used it, but false evidence appearing real. So it's so true, isn't it? Big time. It's, yeah. it's writing down on a piece of paper – What's actually what? What are our roadblocks? What are our fears? Like, what are the actual physical or, or mental attributes that are that are stopping us from taking action? For sure, and and writing it down, I think is is a good starting point, right? Starting yeah. to think through what is this? What's mm. scaring me about mm. it? Um, getting the getting the context, yeah. and and gathering the info. Mm. I would think so. 
um, whatever the decision might be, I mean, if you use a financial decision, if it's about trying to um, think about investing for the first time and risk is always going to be a part of, of whatever you do and yes. that risk might be scary, right? It's driving fear. But when you talk about this idea of it being in your head probably mm. more than anything else, mm. you can get past that if you start to think through which part of that am I scared of, Yeah, I think. That's um, right. And maybe maybe also going down the path of, you know, when you're talking about gathering info, talking it through. Yeah. Because once you put it out there, you might actually talk yourself into it. Becomes a bit real, doesn't it, when you tell someone as well? Yeah. A little bit like a goal. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, it, it's probably important to think, you know, some fears are paralyzing and there's you know this is not something that you and I can probably help everyone through if you're if you're suffering from some some serious debilitating anxiety for example where you need to seek the right help yes to get you through that but you know a lot of what you do and I do a bit of as well is with this you know the sessions we do with clients is you a whole lot of it it's talking about life it's talking about what are your concerns what are you scared of and then but but the act of being able to be there as a sounding board I think helps yeah so finding someone to maybe Maybe just throw it out in the world and see, see, are you really scared? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and mentors are a real, um, I, I think, non-negotiable in a, in a lot of ways, aren't they? Now, mentors in any part of your life. Like I went camping about a month ago with my eldest son and he's 11 and what I did was illegal but let's, <laughs> let's run with it. Um, I, I, I wanted him to get a feeling of driving a car. Yeah, right. Nice. And we're we're in a paddock. There was no one within kilometers of us. It was I'm nice, flat, green. <laughs> like <laughs> it was on private land, so ex- technically it is legal. But um, he had a coach or a mentor there t- who had been there and done that before. I'd I'd driven a car for twenty odd years or longer. Um, if he was to do that on his own, no, no way. There's too many roadblocks. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's a really small example. But um, there was a whole heap of fear coming into his uh, his situation that he couldn't overcome without uh, that mentor or guide um, to, yeah. to get him through that. Um, so I, I broke it down to work, relationship and wealth creation, right? Now, mm-hmm. there's many more subcategories within that, but I thought the three most common, uh, I suppose, areas where we might have a fear around is in the area of our work or our vocation, which my millennial career do an excellent job at uh, thrashing out. Um, Relationships, good, bad, or otherwise, do we stay in it? Do we we commit and get down on one knee um, like we've both done, which Glenn hasn't done yet, by the way. No, No, we're still waiting. Still waiting for that. Yeah. Um, And then the area of wealth creation, which both of us – um, talk about or profess to know something about. So whether that's taking the plunge to buy a property, whether it's investing in shares, whether it's um, going into a growth fund as opposed to a conservative one, et cetera, et cetera. So do you, do you want to go through those in detail about those, how someone might overcome and then take action in those three categories? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so where do we start? Let's start with work because you and I have both said we were working, we weren't quite content with what we were doing. Uh, We both said, well, we can't see ourselves doing that for the next 30 years. What's the alternative? Mm. So our alternative was we want to start our own business. We think we've maybe got what it takes. We think we're passionate about that that particular area. Let's give it a go, but we've had no experience, right? I think the end result is you never – 
ever ready. No. And and that's the thing you have to be prepared for. You're not gonna make you're not gonna get one day and you know what, I'm fully prepared. I know all the answers. I yeah. know exactly where this is gonna go and I think I'm ready for yeah. it. So you're you're always leaping at some point. There's a gap you're gonna cross which you're not quite sure about. Yeah. I think being aware of that as a starting point totally. is, is the key. I mean for us, I, I did have three months of notice and I knew they were going to kick me out straight away because I was managing a pretty big team at the time and they didn't they wouldn't they weren't going to want me there if I didn't want to be there right yeah. so I was out and I had 3 months yeah 3 months of income yeah. and there was somewhat of a buffer yes looking back on that now 3 months was certainly not enough <laughs> <laughs> in your mind though it was yeah and that's and that the was, key yeah 100% so it's, it it's your mindset and what you're comfortable with is is the key to all this isn't it yeah and and to be honest if you knew what you know after you do it, you may not do it anyway. So too much <laughs> info is never is never a good thing. And that's why I love working with young people mm-hmm. is in, in a lot of ways, there's no prehistoric evidence that it's just, this is what I'm doing and I'll just go and do it. For sure. Right. That's great. Whereas I meet a lot of clients that are, no disrespect, 45, 50, whatever. They've had all this experience in life and some of them may not have worked out the way they wanted to. So as a result, no way I'm going back there to do that again. And you create your own biases over time, right? So you're Mm. doing that from experience or from your upbringing, potentially what you've been taught from a very early age. And that's where, I mean, money, if you you know, when we get to that part, that's where that part becomes very relevant is your early days and how you were taught. Yeah. Um, But from a work perspective, I think you've got, you've got your experience to fall back on. Mm. You've got, you know, it might be a client base that you're already working with that may, some may follow you depending on what it is. Um, you know, if it's not professional services or financial services or dealing or, or a service provider, if it's something completely different, well, you're doing it because, um, and, and you may not need to just completely leave, right? Yeah. So, there, I mean, there's lots of talk and you guys have covered this plenty with, with side hustles and, yeah. and that sort of thing. You can build this stuff up and test it and measure mm. it as well. Yeah, and, and that side hustle part reminds me of when I first took the plunge, right? I... I thought, about, uh, similar to you, three months of buffers and, and I've, I've got that covered. Um, but I also went a little bit um, further in my thinking to the point of um, forward booked income. Right? I, I built the side hustle to a point where, okay, if I walked away tomorrow, I knew that I had the three months, but I also had forward booked income. So in my mind, that was comfortable enough for me to go. And I knew that what I was doing as a business model was probably sustainable. I'd had enough uh, runs on the, on the, on the board, I suppose. So it's, it's really whatever makes you comfortable in your own mind, isn't it? And, and I'm actually dealing with uh, one of my good mates, shout out to, to Spike. By the time he's made the decision, this probably won't have gone live. So you've already made the decision. Well done. But He's saying, I've got a high-paying job, but it's burning me out. It's, it's 70 hours a week at the, at the peak of the year, and it's, it's great money, but it's, it's burning me out, and it's not sustainable for my family mm. for a whole range of reasons. He's been offered a job that's a conservatively 1500 a month less, right? Now, that's not an easy decision, but it's it's thirty probably twenty hours at least less yep. a week, so and I just literally got off the phone and coming in here. I said, well, if you work out the per hour rate, 
you're actually on better money, even though you're taking a pay drop. Big time. Doing something that you're just as passionate about, no stress or not as much stress, uh, but the perceived lower pay packet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's a really common one. Is I'm I'm stuck in a work environment where I'm not happy. Uh, something's freaking me out. Uh, either it's stress or it's uh, too many hours or I don't like my um, overstudy or boss or whoever. Mm. Uh, do I suck it up because I'm on good income or do I take the plunge into a better lifestyle because the grass isn't always greener and sometimes we've got to suck it up and go through the hard times. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And part of that fallback is understanding what could you cut out of your life that you're spending at the moment you probably don't need to. Mm. And if you get back to what are our absolute base expenses, um, one thing we started doing randomly is every like once once a month we do what we were calling Povo Week. Yeah, and <laughs> you would just eat like you had nothing. You yeah, just, you wouldn't baked shop. Beans. You just dig out of the cubbin, find whatever nice. you could, baked beans, rice, whatever it was. Yeah, and through a period of time where where money was tight, that was incredibly helpful, right? Yeah. And it also forces you a little bit to think through some of the decisions you might have been making previously and whether you actually needed to spend what you were spending to keep that lifestyle up yeah yeah that's a really interesting one it's it's almost you remember those hard times when you feel the successes so you've got your business in your example to a, a level that you might be comfortable with or happy with you've hit that target you remember those times when you had Povo Week and you're on baked beans, right? It's it's almost the, the sweat in the journey as opposed to the victory itself. Yeah, yeah, they're fond memories now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't gone to Povo Week lately? No, not so much, but <laughs> yeah. I don't, mate, I don't mind. I can live simply if needed, but yeah. and and you get to appreciate life too, don't you? When you when you're it's on something. the bare bones, so yeah, cool. Uh, relationships. Now, I'm no expert on this. I'm I'm happily married with three kids, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, let's. I'll, I'll give this one to you, actually. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but I bet you've worked with plenty of people that have had their issues, right? Correct. And yeah, I mean, maybe that's the the thing. I mean, <laughs> I, it always blew my mind when I was first learning to be a financial planner. I was working for a business where we would go out very early on in the stages of it and go and sit with the client and and essentially collect their data. Yes. But but you're you're pulling all this detail from them without really knowing them and yeah no. that, I mean that was a great learning ground for me but the end result from a relationship perspective is I remember the first person I ever went and saw actually no the first person kicked me out after about 10 minutes because he decided <laughs> he didn't want a bar of it these people were cold called by the way yeah um not by me but the the next couple we we were uncovering credit cards and and things and the other I, one didn't know they didn't well uh, they probably knew, but it started a whole lot of conversation after I left, Ooh. right? And so I didn't really know what I was doing, but we were just collecting the data and making yeah. sure, see if we, if we could help, right? Yeah. And so um, they paid me at the end of that meeting to put a plan together. Right. And six months later, I still hadn't got any documents from them. So right. we couldn't build the plan yeah. that they paid for. Yeah. Uh, I got the call. Finally, we're divorced. Yeah. And money, you know, as we all know, money can create these issues, right? Mm. Um, so, I mean, fear in relationships, I think, is, you know, it's got to start with honesty, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and and you've got to build trust. Yeah. And if that's not there, well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, that's a really strong point. And, and I do get the odd person or odd 
couple that comes to me come to me uh, either through fear of having enough money for retirement or maybe putting a band-aid effect by buying a property and and the rest will look after itself or or doing something because it'll bind us together and it's we've both got an interest in it and and that'll that'll fix it so you're right I think uh, there's got to be that honesty piece of it um, and I think in respect to relationships it's uh, as I said, it's not my uh, my focus or uh, expertise, but in like with friends and family, again, similar to taking the plunge of uh, if you're not happy in something, the there needs to be some hard questions asked or or some hard conversations had to either overcome it and stay or uh, have a hard conversation and and leave for sure. Um, and again, yeah, I'm, I'm not neither am I an expert at all, but. It, there is, uh, if it comes, uh, some of the fear can come from money right, yeah. in a relationship. And mm. if you are at the point where it's not sustainable and you're not going to continue with this person, but you can't yeah. leave and you yeah. don't feel like you can. I, I had a conversation last week with a couple. They were both from previous, you know, really solid long, well, long-term relationships that had both fallen apart. Yeah. Uh, and now they're together and happy, but it's early days mm. and there's that conversation of do we join the finances yet? And mm. um, she was like, well, no, absolutely not mm. because I felt last time I couldn't leave the relationship because of it. Yeah. And and so, yeah, there's a there's a huge fear element to that that – that is not it's not you're not making that up in your head i don't think i think there's mm. you know there's some real reality to that as well totally um, but yeah. but again um eventually if you have the right buffers in place you can overcome that type of thing and and i mm. think that is very important yeah look we could unpack that for for the next hour or so couldn't we but yeah that transparency and that honesty is is got to be at the top of it um, but yeah, so if we look back to fear or what is my fear is my fear having that hard conversation with my partner is fear having that hard conversation with my boss is fear having that hard conversation with my child or, or whatever it may be in our life. One thing that I've learned over time, and it, it still strikes me today is it's never as good as it seems, never as bad as it seems. So that hard conversation by the time you've had it, there's so much relief. And you always think, well, I, I do anyway, 99% of the time, it actually wasn't that bad. We've just built it up in our mind for it being so hard. And, and the longer we leave it, and I give this advice to my clients when I'm coaching them, is like when you're time chunking your day, get the hardest things out of the way early Good and job. you'd probably do the same because the rest of the day then becomes a breeze. Same yeah, thing sure. with hitting these uh, these fear items, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, definitely right. And so, um, I mean, the hard conversations, if we're, if we're going to the money side of things and, and finances and wealth creation is, it it's, it's probably, I mean, you know, who knows where the fear is coming from, right? And it could be, it could be in your head. Um, and it, or it could be genuine and, and that's driven by experiences yes. and what you've been taught, you know, the idea that we've all heard those sayings when we're growing up, mm. right? Money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. The, you know, there's movies that, that consider this stuff all the time. Yeah. Tell him he's dreaming. Tell him he's dreaming, yeah. yeah there's, there's a money aspect to everything, right? Bad connotation around money, isn't it, a lot of the time? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, and and we're often told a bad story about money growing up. Is like, oh, money's tight, or well, as I said, doesn't grow on trees. You can't just go and get what you want, or don't be greedy. Like, yeah. there's all these little things that all continue to build uh, as we go. And by the time we get to adulthood, a lot of the time, it's like, well, we don't talk about money because we were taught things that didn't really allow us to freely discuss it. Yeah, and you've been clouded by this whole scarcity mentality, right? Mm. And it's not your fault. You yeah. were young. It was just – it was there. It was a part of the conversation. It was how you brought up. Yeah. Um, but the flip side of that with thinking about how do you create the, the mentality around having more, having abundance, having sufficient, whatever you yeah. want to call that, is is starting to take baby steps. Yes. And so when, when it comes to fear – just move a little bit. Yeah. Right. You don't have to be all of a sudden two investment properties and yeah. a whole bunch of shares yeah. and borrowed everything. And, you know, it's it's just about, well, dip your toe in the market. Yeah. Dip your toe in the water, whatever Absolutely. that might be. Yeah. And if we went back even further, it might be just a conversation with someone who's got some positive connotations around money and investing mm. in general. Like you might know someone up the road or you might know someone's uncle or auntie who's done it. It might not be your parents and probably good that it isn't um, <laughs> in a lot of cases, but don't rush out and, and see a financial advisor or a property strategist mm. If you've got this whole fear and it's so new to you, just have a conversation with someone yeah. who's done it. And yeah. and then the end result might be to come and see James. But initially, um, it's it's just having these little conversations that are building positive um, foundations yeah, around sure. your decisions. Um, and we're, I mean, we're doing all these 15-minute calls, these initial phone calls with people, mm. and that's their first step often. Mm. Um but even that is a scary thing, right? Yeah. You and I don't realise it. We're, nah. we're not. We don't think we're scary. But yeah. the idea of talking <laughs> to someone about money, who you know, who might try and sell you something, or yeah. you know, everyone's been told all the stories, and for for good reason. There's you know, correct. There there are things you've got to be aware of and careful mm. of. Yeah. Um, I think it does, especially around the money side. I hundred percent agree with that. That you've got to. You've got to gather the info from the right people, from the mm. trusted sources, mm. but you've also got to be able to make your own decisions. Yes. And, I mean, there's value in the coaching, right? And that's, I mean, I, I don't want to do myself out of a job, but I'm not making your decisions for you. No. Right? We're we're guiding and we're, we're giving you the tools, but it's, you know, don't make us God. It's, it'd be like the doctor, yeah. right? You yeah. can't, if you make the doctor if you put the doctor right up at that level, you're going to have all sorts of problems. Yes, uh, when it comes to health, right? Yeah. You've got to make, you've got to look after yourself at home. You've got to eat well. You've got to do yeah. whatever that might be. Yeah, it can't um, be a band aid, can it? Bring in the bring in the professional, but but not for everything. No, right? we can't make all your decisions for you in that sense. Yeah, and and without sacking both of us, I think you'd agree that we might enter someone's life for a period, twelve months, two years, whatever it may be, but ideally we should also leave it. Because yeah. they're in a position where they can take control of themselves. Hundred um, like percent. Like yeah. if well, I think we've both got models like that. Like um, I think the ownership around it is is the, by far the most important, and we're just facilitating that in, in yeah. every way, shape, I mean, or form. Kind of like Netflix. Drop us, drop us if you don't need us. <laughs> That's right. right. <laughs> and that would be the aim, right? Mm. You're building confidence over time, mm. and and with clarity and confidence yeah. comes the ability to. You know, it, it can be dangerous yes. if you're trying to do something you're not sure about and maybe that's when you tap back in again. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't but, say we can't come back in, but it might just be that accountability factor as well. 
One thing I talk to clients about, and and we're starting to round this up, but um, I ask them to list their three biggest fears of buying a property. Yeah, they come to me to say, "Well, I want to buy an investment property, but I haven't done it for five years. I know I could have, but I haven't done it because of X, Y, Z." What are your top three fears, and what's held you back? Yeah, why okay. Did you so usually it is, uh, "What if I can't get a tenant?" Uh, what if number two is probably what if the tenant wrecks the joint? And number three, what if I can't hold the mortgage as in it costs me too much um, yeah. after the rent? Yeah. Okay. Those three things are totally e- – not easy, but um, easy overcomable to the point of view of logic, okay? We buffer in some vacancy. We have insurances in place. Yeah, the bit of short-term – rigmarole to, to fix a place if someone wrecks it but we've got insurance yep. and then the third one of understanding your yield and your cash flow when you go and buy the property to begin with so before you've actually pulled the trigger we know the running costs pretty much until someone can outline that from the outside looking in it's all blurry isn't it it's all fear it's all but it's again false evidence appearing real mm. um what what's some things that you sort of talk about with your clients in respect to that well you're fearing what you don't know, right? And the financial world is can be a minefield. When you break it down and if you take the time to step through it, most people get it, yeah. right? And it's it's not that complex. No. It, it seems that way until you step into it. And, I mean, I think from these fear, these fear conversations, one more thing to note is that so many people come in with these biases that they don't even – they just say the words, mm. I'm, not a, I'm not a money person. Yes. Or I don't deal with the finances. Yeah. Um, and that's cool. That's, you know, you got to start somewhere and you don't necessarily have to be a mathematician to get it. No. And and so it's not about forcing anything down your throat, but it's about just going, all right, well, how about we start with all the things that you do know you want to do yeah. and then and then work back from there. And yeah. then and then those conversations with money will will become a lot easier because you're separating money from life. Yeah. Yeah. Money becomes the facilitator yeah. in a way. And so if you, you're you looking at that in the fear context, then no matter which 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 journey you're on, which, you know, if it's about maybe, you know, borrowing some money to invest, yeah. for example, or dipping, to, uh, you know, you've got an emergency fund. So I'm working with some clients at the moment who've got 300 grand in their offset account mm. um, and they want to save up for the next home when mm. once they've had their first kid, and but it's probably not six or seven years away, so they've got a bit of time. Yeah. And so we're looking at the option to invest some of that. Yeah, okay. but it's not all of it. No, there's there's three hundred grand available. We, we're looking at maybe a hundred. Yeah, and then even dripping that into the market over twelve months to yeah. see how that feels. Yeah, um, you know, you've got to be aware that that's that's a very general and very personal conversation with someone to get to that point, but. Yeah. But the idea of taking one step at a time is very, very relevant. Yeah, baby steps. And then realizing that, hang on a minute, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. yeah. I'm not checking the share market every day like I thought I would and it hasn't gone For from sure. my bank account. Or and media will do that yeah, to you, right? Absolutely. That's and that, well. that's the thing we haven't touched upon. Again, mm-hmm. we could go for hours on, I suppose, perceived risk, but also the people around us that put these risks or fears into our mind like – Unfortunately, parents, um, mm-hmm. siblings, um, media, uh, anyone who's had bad experiences or, or want to sell a product that um, to the negative, it's, uh, it can, can actually stop us from moving forward, can't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. So that's been real. Rounding things out, we've got to have have some honesty and some transparency around what it is that we're feeling to get the fear outlined. Um, we think we need to outline the pros and cons of that decision we're about to make. What's the worst that can happen? And and more importantly, what's the alternative, isn't it, mm. right? If I stay in this job, am I going to be happy? Are things going to change? If I if I take that leap and uh, and start my own business, right, um, is that going to fix everything? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm doing it just because I think I should be a business owner, right? So really outlining and getting a, getting maybe a third-person input into that as well. Big time. Yeah, mm. do, it, do it for the right reasons and also just make sure that, you know, you know that where you are right now, you're looking mm. to make a change, whether that's relationship, money, whatever it might be, you're not overly satisfied with it right now. Yeah. So something's, if you hide from it, yeah. you, nothing will change. Yeah. So you don't really have a choice. No. It's just about, yeah, well, we've covered it all, but I think take the steps in the right direction. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. I hope we've made some sort of sense. Um, thank you, James Millard, for Thanks, uh, for coming on. So if you want to reach out to James, uh, finance advisor at Sufficient Funds, sufficientfunds.com.au. Uh, he is, well, Glenn said he's a trusted panel. He's on the trusted panel of advisors, so that must mean he was important. But he is, he's a good guy and knows his stuff. So, uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll talk to you soon. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. If you're looking for a super fund that puts its members' interests above all else, choose a super performer, Sun Super. With low fees, strong investment returns, and great member services, Sun Super is Super Ratings 2020 Fund of the Year and has also been awarded by Money Magazine, CanStar, and Finder. Find out more at sunsuper.com.au forward slash M3. You can join Sun Super online in under five minutes. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.